Hey, you're listening to Off the Record, 88.1 WKNC's Interviews Podcast. Be sure to subscribe via iTunes and never miss an episode. Enjoy listening. Hey, 8.1 WKNC. This is DJ What's Your Face, and I'm accompanied by John Lindsay, who is here to talk about a benefit concert, which will be going on tomorrow night at King's Barricade in downtown Raleigh. The show will feature NC Music Love Army Birds of Avalon, Wool, Essie Ward, and Pie Face Girl. So a lot of awesome local faces will be out there and it'll be going to a good cause. So I want to just pass it off to John Lindsay and if you could maybe just give our listeners an overview of what this show tomorrow is all about. What does it mean? (laughs) Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I want to call you uh, Miss Whatzer. What is it? Miss Whatzer name from... uh, 30 Rock, because <laughs> your DJ name. So <laughs> I've similar. never seen it. Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. You have to watch it. Um, yeah, so uh, hello. Thanks for, for having me um, on to talk Love Army. Um, tomorrow night, as you mentioned, we're, we're having a big uh, mega show, if you will, at King's Barcade, which uh, is on Martin Street in downtown Raleigh. And it's a, a North Carolina Music Love Army hosted concert um, with the bands you mentioned. So our big band, which is sort of an ever-changing representation of our collective, uh, will be on hand to play like a proper Love Army big band set. And then, of course, we're super proud to have um, just so many dear friends of ours um, in the local and regional music scene. As you mentioned, Birds of Avalon will be on hand. Uh, Just a little bit about them. They just could not be a cooler uh, rock and roll band. Just a really amazing sort of psych-infused band with a bunch of good pals of mine in that band. Um, And then Wool, as you mentioned, amazing. I think you were spinning some Wool when I walked in. Uh, No pun intended. Spinning (laughs) some more of them later, too. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then uh, excited for folks to see Essie Ward. Um, she's a new friend of mine, really great um, singer-songwriter who uh, moved to the area from Vermont. Um, correct me if I'm wrong later, uh, Sarah, but I think like a year ago now maybe, or maybe even a little bit more. But she's got a fantastic um, sound, and uh, this will actually be the debut show for her full band. So it'll be her, her debut full band show tomorrow night. Um, which will be great. And then Pie Face Girls, um, I just can't say enough good things about them. They are just super fun. Uh, I know a lot of people throw around the term high energy a lot, maybe gratuitously. Um, but I think in the case of Pie Face Girls, it's totally right on. Um, they just are, are really, really fun. I've caught them a few times and, uh, I've just, I've never had anything but a blast at their, at their shows and, uh, they're really great people too. So they're going to play. Um, and then as you mentioned, yeah, it's a benefit show. So, um, so here's the deal with that. Basically, uh, we can talk a little bit about the love army and what that is, um, in a minute, but in terms of tomorrow night, we're partnering with three organizations that we really believe in, um, tremendously who are doing great work, um, in, in our, our fight here, uh, North Carolina for, for the change that we're sort of, uh, so many of us are working towards. Um, and those groups are, of course, Equality NC, um, another organization called Now or Never NC, and then the LGBT Center of Raleigh. So if you come to the show tomorrow night, um, the money will go to those, those organizations. 
Um, and I will say it's a $12 ticket if you buy it at the door. But if you get it online today, I think the show's not sold out yet. I think it's probably pretty close to being sold out. But if you get a ticket today, it's only 10 bucks. So I would definitely encourage people to, um, to get their ticket today. Uh, and maybe we can even have somebody call in and I'll give them a free ticket and, uh, and maybe some Love Army swag. Stay uh, tuned, stay and tuned for right. that. So yeah, that's the, like the big picture on the show tomorrow night. Um, so what exactly are the organizations, which the donations are going towards, doing for the community right now? What makes it worth going out? And Sure, sure. Great question. Well, so like a lot of times, you know, um, people see um, me on the street or like on the internet or whatever, and they ask me that question, like, how, how can I engage with the political process? You know, what can I do uh, to feel like I have a voice? Because so many people feel super disenfranchised and super frustrated, you know, with, um, with the leadership that we, we have uh, in North Carolina right now in terms of the governorship and the North Carolina General Assembly. Um, so these three organizations are are, are different, um, but in my view, they, they're all sort of working for basically the same, uh, same sort of platform in terms of big picture social justice. Um, the start off with Equality NC, I mean, they're a super high profile, great organization that's on everybody's radar right now because uh, they're, you know, championing the uh they're they're really in the trenches um you know representing the uh hb2 um they're on the right side of things in terms of of the hb2 situation they're they're really taking a stand uh for the the lgbt community um and they're they're very uh, very great in terms of you know just front lines activism if you want to give money um towards LGBT causes, I, I think, you know, Equality NC is probably the number one place to go to see, you know, your money go, um, go to good work super fast and, and super far. Um, so we're working with them. And then Now or Never NC is actually, um, it's basically, I'm sure you've heard of super PACs, right? It's a totally scary word for a lot of people. And, um, you know, there's a lot of you know, what is, what is that? And, um, you know, a lot of just crazy connotations with the word pack or super pack. They are not a super pack. They are a, a state pack, which, um, you know, they're a, a, a group of folks that is working to, um, they have a very condensed streamlined message and, and focus right now. They have a very simple goal. I think is, is really important to, uh, to let folks know, uh, out there and, listening today what they're trying to do right now that we're helping them with is they're trying to focus on just a handful of seats in the state legislature so over at the ncga there are four um let's call it five or six we'd like to see just to to make sure uh seats that are in play um for the progressive side of things um that if we can you know if we can secure um, progressive and uh, democratic representation in these seats, uh, it will have a, a, a very direct and powerful impact on the situation that we find ourselves in right now. Uh, as folks on the, the left side of things, you know, we're facing a supermajority 
um, and it seems insurmountable, but it's actually not. If we can, if we can get four four of these seats to go our way, uh, we can Im- immediately begin to sort of feel uh, things sort of change. So um, that being said, I don't want to oversimplify, you know, uh, the situation, the 2010 midterms, uh, they were just catastrophic. You know, we're probably going to be feeling the ramifications of that situation for for a long time. So this is not going to be easy. This is definitely going to be a a long uphill battle that we face here in North Carolina. But step one uh, that now or never NC is just doing a great job to advocate for is to focus on this very attainable goal of these four seats. So at the concert, um, they're going to, tomorrow night, they're going to have an opportunity to interface with, um, you know, all the folks in the crowd who come out to the show and just sort of, um, you know, do what I'm doing now, which is get that message out that a lot of people don't understand. You know, yeah, a lot of things are very, um, you know, hard to wrap your head around like well, where do we even begin to you know have a voice in this well we begin with these these four seats and there's some candidates and i know we don't want to get directly into like uh endorsing or advocating on the on the radio due to just like you know station policy and everything but there are some candidates who um that organization is behind um that i won't name but you can you can go online and check up check out now or never nc and learn about who they're supporting um, and those candidates are from other parts of the state. They're, you know, they're from all over. Uh, some are from uh, the Asheville area. There's some candidates from the Manio, Outer Banks part of the state um, that uh, it may seem sort of like obscure, like, okay, well, there's this organization sort of based here in Raleigh, and I can't vote for these people. So what you know these these candidates that now or never is talking about so what's the correlation like what what's going on but it's like it's so important that we get the word out to our friends in Asheville to our friends at the in the outer banks you know to our friends in these districts where these are uh these are winnable fights these are winnable elections winnable seats in the GA so it's a very simple numbers game you know no I can't vote for these people because I live here but I can certainly tell my friends and help educate people to activate and engage and make it clear that, hey, if we can get the word out across the state, we're really not as far, you know, uh, down uh, as it feels a lot of the time. So that's really the work that they're doing specifically. So that's definitely something that sets that's this benefit show from the others apart is that it's not only an educational or not only for entertainment but it's also going to be an educational absolutely absolutely a bit of just like a a great full-on rock and roll show first of all you know um that's like always a super high priority for me in terms of um you know uh my work in in music as it relates to politics is that um you know i mean before we hit people over the head with a message we've got to really like give them a show you know so Tomorrow night will absolutely be just a cool, um, really great, creative, um, artistic sort of tour de force with these great bands that we talked about already. Um, really proud about the Love Army full band. We talk about that maybe a little bit more after some music or something. But um, but yes, to your point, it will be super educational for folks who you know never got the message about how close we are in terms of those seats in the GA. Um, and uh, the Now or Never folks will be on hand to sort of 
you know, make their case to um, to the folks that are out, and there'll be voter registration there. There'll be opportunities to, you know, give money to the Love Army to help us put out more of this music that um, we really believe in. That, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's it's really been. I don't even know how to uh, humbling and amazing to see like Roy Cooper using our, uh, he's using a, a title of, of one of our love army songs in his campaign literature right now, which is just, it's pretty powerful. So I, I really humbly believe very much in the work that, that we're doing. So, so yeah, folks can come and learn about the love army. They can see us perform. Um, they can meet some folks they are probably fans of because the love army, you know, is, it's a big collective of artists who have their own records and tours. Um, so yeah, educational to your point. Absolutely. But also super fun. (laughs) Awesome. And if you haven't listened to NC love army, they have a lot of political driven messages and I guess educational points in their music too. So how will we play one of your songs yeah let's do it and i'll i'll tell people that uh just tuned in maybe if they caught that first song that was the ballad of lennon lacy which is a uh, a tune that has um it's got me rhiannon giddens uh brett harris skylar goodaz uh eddie walker steve uh howl from the backsliders i'm gonna forget everybody who's on there it's just a big production but that was the tune that was before the this talking break. Um, and uh, what do you want to play now? Should we play one off the record, maybe? Yeah, let's do one off the, the debut record, which is called We Are Not For Sale, Songs of Protest by the NC Music Love Army. That record came out on, uh, let's see, Red Eye uh, Distribution put that out in 2013. And uh, we'll have that available at the show. You can get it online at all the normal places. It's a really cool vinyl, 180 gram vinyl LP, but we have it on CD and all the formats if you go to wherever you get music it'll be there so yeah let's play something off that record should we play maybe the title track is that yeah, a good why don't one we do that why don't we do that all right sweet. so this is we are not for sale by nc music love army and if you're just tuning in they'll be playing a benefit concert tomorrow night at king's barricade in downtown raleigh it's an earlier show it's going to start at 8 p.m and feature a lot of awesome local artists such as wool pie face girls se ward and be a lot of fun and going towards a good cause so i'll be here with john WKNC. This is DJ What's Her Face. And if you're just tuning in, I'm accompanied by John Lindsay of NC Music Love Army, who will be playing a benefit show tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at King's Barricade in downtown Raleigh. And you just heard one of their tracks off their first album that was We Are Not For Sale. So let's talk about that track a little bit. Sure. That's uh the way I understand it that's kind of what started out the project. You got it. That's that's like the the shot heard around the world, I guess. Not really, but wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I guess around here, the shot heard around here. Um so yeah, Django Haskins just couldn't be a cooler dude. He's one of my best friends. Um we uh go back quite a ways to gosh, I guess maybe like 2007 maybe. Uh, I used to have a band uh, 
called the Young Sons, and um, this was back in the in the glory days of like Max Indian, and um, you know the scene was like old ceremony, uh, tomahawks, you know, the drug horse vibe. That was like kind of like how I met um, Django back in the day. Um, we used to do shows, you know, back then, and we've been friends over the years. And then um, I moved up here with my lovely now wife who's sitting in the studio right now if you guys want to picture her pretty face <laughs> um and uh and so Django uh let's see 2013 uh summertime Django posted a YouTube video of that song in an early form probably the day he wrote it um or something like that and I was in my home studio in Charlotte working on um, who knows what. And uh, I saw, you know, took like a Twitter break or something and I saw uh, that song. And um, to be honest with you, you know, I mean, I, I had never really, not, not to the degree that, of course, uh, my life has you know, found me, or the capacity that I'm in now, engaged politically through my music ever, you know, up to that point, um, I sort of thought maybe they're, they're two separate worlds, you know, come since come to find out completely the opposite is true, at least for me and, and most of my good friends. But, uh, yeah, I saw Django's video, um, and it just floored me, you know, I, I've been an old ceremony fan for a long time and, uh, I was just really taken aback by the straightforward message um, that, you know, look, our state is, uh, you know, not the is a populist message about the fact that, you know, your average person around here is not going to benefit from, uh, from f if you look at the verses, what they specifically address, you know, fracking, you know, there's a line in there, um, you know, you can offer our clean water to the frackers, but, you know, you'll need water too. Um you can wish your way back to the days of old Jim Crow, but we won't follow you. You know, I heard that and I was just like, wow, you know, like that, that's where it's at, you know, like that, that speaks for me. And then I just, for the very first time in my life was also immediately inspired to do one myself, you know, I was just like, well, all right, I've got something to say along these lines too, you know? So just kind of dropped what I was doing at the time. Um, and literally in like maybe 15 minutes, this thing just kind of fell out of the sky. Um, this tune that we're going to play tomorrow called uh, North Carolina, it's called NCGOP, parentheses, just don't know me, um, which I know sounds like hokey or whatever, but it's actually pretty rocking. <laughs> um, uh, since gotten like way better at titling my protest songs. Um, I think but, that makes it pretty clear what's going on in that <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, it does. It does. So, so I did a um, equally grainy and, you know, rough and raw YouTube video of that song sort of in response to We Are Not For Sale by Django. Um, and then, you know, I know we've talked about the genesis of, of the Love Army on this program and shows in the past. But yeah, short story long for folks who don't know. I did that song and then it was like, all right, well, we have this song. Django's got his song. Next thing you know, my phone rings. It's Caitlin Carey who, you know, needs no introduction around these parts. Just a dear friend of mine from life and, you know, regular civilian life outside of music. Um, we had um, 
you know, done some shows. Her her band at the time was the Small Ponds, and we'd done some fun shows with uh, my debut uh, John Lindsay record and tour that year. Uh, got to be really good buddies, which is just still still amazes me the the scene that we have here and the fact that like so many uh, members of the Love Army. Uh, it's great because you know Caitlin is uh, part of. Uh, the generation that came slightly before like my wave of uh peer you know sort of millennial (laughs) peers or whatever uh and then so like stylistically and and scene representation from certain periods i mean i feel like the love army just really shows up to represent diversity as far as you know age gender sexual orientation aesthetic with musical styles i mean really it's just like Bring it's it all just, together. It's bringing it all together, right? So, but yeah, then after we had those two songs, uh, Caitlin called me, um, and we were—I uh, think I had gone on tour. Actually, I posted that, and then I think she called me like the very next day, and I had gone on tour, and I was somewhere super far away. I can't remember where. But I got a call from her, and she was just like, "All right, we've got these two songs, you know." what if there were more, you know, like what if we call people up and we try to make this like a thing and, um, you know, we have so many talented friends and we have a line out to so many people that we can just, you know, who are great, who are amazing, the Rhiannons and, you know, the Tiff Merritts and the, you know, who, you know, whoever, um, that we can just call, like, why don't we do that? Why don't we take a couple of days and she made a list and I made a list and we just sort of did an, you know, uh, we went soliciting, if you will, like our personal, you know, best friends in the scene. And we, we sort of didn't have a name for it yet. You know, we were like, all right, it's the, you know, is it the love factory? Is it the, <laughs> you know, whatever cheesy, you know, we bounce some ideas off the wall, but we knew we were like, all right, let's, let's do a, let's try to do an EP. You know, that was like our, our big pie in the sky goal at the time is like, we'll get enough, uh, folks to do songs that you know will present them in an ep and turned out that we ended up having so many people wanting to be involved who are just like you know in in my mind like the highest echelon of of talent from around around our area um that we um we ended up putting out a, a full-length record that you've got right there and uh just you know we couldn't be couldn't be more proud of that record it really just um uh, came together in that, that sort of magical way that, um, you know, I, I don't even really know how we pulled it off. We did, I, I at the time was living in Raleigh. Um, I can't, or sorry, lived in Charlotte. I drove up to, to Raleigh to meet with Caitlin. We planned an open rehearsal, um, which was like a crazy idea we had at the pin hook. We were just like, all right, let's invite, you know, all the guys and girls and BJ, American Aquarium, everybody, you know, Sherled, all all of our great friends. And we just had everybody come together at the pin hook. And we had sort of selected this core group of songs that we thought were going to make the record. Um, and then, you know, uh, I guess I was like, all right, I'll be the music director and produce this thing. And Caitlin's like the boss administrator, like amazing organizer, uh, press release crafter just really couldn't be better at everything but you know she's got a a better brain for that stuff than me so we had two sort of um hats to wear you know we just threw together this um open rehearsal and called all our friends and then 
the very next day after that that we taught everybody these songs, you know, live. So you guys host. kind of like created the, I guess, structure to all these songs and then invited all these people over to sort of it, right, yeah, complete well, we, it. We had some roadmaps, exactly. We did some demos and uh, we sort of decided, all right, here's like, here's the first sort of maybe five or so songs that we want to do. Um, and, you know, they were contributed like uh, Brit Harper, Uzel, or Snooze, as people know him, uh, submitted the song North Carolina, We're Better Than This, um, which, of course, is amazing. And I knew immediately the second he sent that over that it would be like a seminal keystone of the album. Um, so so that was like the third song to join with um, the two that we had that were like, all right, we've got a little canon coming together here of these original protest tunes. Um, and then Caitlin wrote, um, my body politic with Charlotte Ammons. Um, and I had this other tune, is this here what Jesus would do, which, uh, was just sort of like my take on the fact that I felt like now and at the time there's a, a big co-opting of, of religion going on, on a certain side of the aisle where it's like, yeah, you know, it's, I don't think it's cool that, that you get to say, oh, we're the, we're the politicians of jesus christ but Mm -hmm. uh oh his teachings are sort of all about uh inclusivity and charity and goodwill and you know i just basically thought it was very hypocritical that you know uh, among the ideas being co-opted on that side of the aisle were you know especially religion you know and so i I did a song about that you know that which made the record but yeah we took these tunes um as sort of the core nugget of you know what our body of work was we invited the public to come watch us on stage at the paint at the pinhook just bang through these arrangements and you know we handed out vocal parts and we were literally going to the recording studio the next day so it was like it wasn't like you guys had practiced or come together before that was, it was it. like that was a raw jam session it, with an right. audience that's exactly right i mean we literally it was just totally fast and loose but I feel like that was really, there's something about that that we knew, you know, seemed to be important. It was, it was transparent, you know, it was, we were asking, we knew we were going to ask people to help us get these songs out and come to our concerts and to buy this record and spread, you know, these songs around with the intent of, you know, trying to do what we can, um, where we can to, to do our part, you know, to speak up for what we feel like are the the values of North Carolina that are inclusive. And, uh, and so, uh, so yeah, we thought, well, we've got to invite just everybody to come see this thing happen. And we also thought it was important. I mean, if it was going to happen, it had to be like the people's thing, you know, like I don't think we said no to anybody that was, you know, uh, asked us to, to in some capacity, of course we couldn't put everybody's songs on the record or records that we've since put out, 11 releases since 2013 we've had songs on bloodshot records we've got our own record label now um for love army records we've done a extensive remix project that's just been great um so tons of stuff has happened since that first little weekend there but um we thought it was important to be able to open the doors up and say yeah come in watch us figure this out we have no idea what's going to happen but we think it's going to be cool (laughs) you know and uh all the TV cameras came out, the local news was there, we got some good press on it, and it just sort of really helped propel us to into the recording session for that record the very next day. And that was literally um, one of the coolest 
you know, as a producer and, um, you know, I got to play and be an artist on it too, but was, which I don't recommend by the way. That's a, that's a very, uh, intense thing to, to, to do, but, uh, somehow it worked. Uh, we had literally, you know, I had like a SM seven vocal mic set up in Greg, Greg Elkin's studio. And I had a, a wonderful, like core, uh, core instrumental band you know something out of like motown where i just got like the the biggest uh you know ringers that i could get you know i had um kevin from american aquarium on drums and wit from uh, aquarium on steel um my friend slade baird from amigo played guitar we had uh uh oddly freed from the black crows i mean we just had Lots of John Tier from Chatham County line. I mean, just you know, you name it. Uh, we had some of the best talent in the in the core instrumental band. And then I just we set up a vocal mic and had folks just come in and just hit their their verse parts, sort of "We Are the World" style, which I guess is a little different from that because it was well, we did some gang vocals too, where everybody sang at the same time, I guess. So that's kind of how we made it, real fast and loose, and then um, took it over to. And that was after the first time you guys had played together. Yeah, that so, was that's how it happened. Then, everyone uh, must Chris have been Stamey, super driven. Yeah, Chris Stamey, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, he mixed the record for us at his studio, at a modern recording studio over in Chapel Hill. Um, at the time, Aaron w- would tell you I was I was living out of a red roof inn on uh, South Saunders Street. Um, we were like asking people to give us money to put me up in a red roof in so I could <laughs> basically drive around uh, Charlotte, Raleigh, and Chapel Hill with my glyph hard drive full of all this protest music for like a summer. Because, um, yeah, we after we did the tracking, you know, it took a little while to get the mixes going. Um, but it's still comparatively, you know, to how, how long it takes to get like a full-length record out. We just really, we did it pretty quick. And then the B side of that record, we asked, um, we sort of, uh, also hate the word. Um, I probably, I hate the word so much. I can't even think of it. (laughs) We selected, um, some artists that we wanted to feature on the, on the B side of the record who were not at the, um, recording session that we just talked about. And we sort of worked with them, uh, remotely to, to, you know, uh, get them into the studio and do their tunes. So like we rise by Rhiannon Giddens and, uh, MC Taylor, his Golden Messenger, uh, some of those artists that um, weren't there on that big tracking day, but that we worked with to also get them onto the record as well. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the the big picture on how that record came together, I guess. Awesome. Do you feel like musicians somewhat have a responsibility to communicate to their community about like injustices going on or how they feel about? I guess the current political environment and what's going on because I feel like you guys have a lot of power and people listen to what you have to say. So in that, in that respect, you guys kind of have a responsibility to let people know. That's a great question. Um, for so long, I want to say the word is curate that I hate. I just remembered <laughs> it. I just think it's kind, of a, it's just kind of a pretentious <laughs> word. Um, that's yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of it, but, uh, that's a great question. It's really, um, it's something that we think about and talk about a lot, you know, and, um, I'll just come out and say, first of all, you know, 
yes, I do feel that um, as an artist, as a human being on planet Earth that has values and morals, right? And I'm sitting in front of you on a microphone. I have a virtual microphone via, you know, like social media or the stages that I'm on, the records that I make and the tours that I do and stuff. You know, I, I feel that, um, at least for me personally, I will say that I don't think I can divorce my political, moral, ethical feelings um, from the work that I do completely. So does that translate into an obligation or to a responsibility? Um, I think in terms of me personally, and this is sort of a hot issue, I guess, I'll get into that in a minute, in terms of, uh, you know, other folks that have a platform and that have a, you know, loud microphone that they may or may not choose to use uh, for purposes that they could. Um, and we will talk about them in a minute in terms of me personally. Um, I didn't know what the answer was to that. You know, like I knew that, um, the first batch of records that I made had absolutely, you know, nothing overtly to do with, um, messaging in terms of, uh, my feelings about the, the state of affairs of the world or the state, uh, in terms of, you know, political action. Um, and so I think that's okay. And that's totally cool. Right. You know, I have John Lindsay records and tours and I want those records and tours to be able to, you know, express stuff that is not this that we're talking about today at all. And I think that's super important, you know, and I know, I think it's something everybody has to work out on their own, you know, that's an artist or that has a platform for me personally. I think the love army happened for Caitlin and myself and our friends because, you know, there's Whiskey Town Records and there's Caitlin Carey Records and they're great, you know. But Caitlin is, is a super smart person who's got a lot of feelings about relationships and, um, you know, her life and her inner, her interior landscape and her thoughts and feelings. And I am that kind of artist, too. And I, I need John Lindsay Records for that, you know. So I think that we kind of figured out together that at least in terms of for us as artists, we needed this thing, you know, we needed something that was like separate from what we do. And would you say a lot of the other artists who contributed felt that way as well? Great question. Also, I think it's a mix. There's, there's some artists in our collective that you sort of can hear their name. Right. And, and I'll throw some of them, some of them out there at you. Like when I think, like Jay Kuchma, you know, like I do feel that he's dabbled in political uh, messaging in his music prior to the Love Army. You know, when you say Laurelyn Dossett, you know, absolutely. She's made songs uh, about Amendment 1 and stuff that happened sort of at, right at the time of the genesis of the Love Army or, or pre-Love Army. You know, when you say Sherlette Ammons, absolutely, in terms of Sherlet or our recent additions to the Love Army, like Pierce Freelon, amazing MC or, or Topic, The Smooth Prophet or Jay Swiss, you know, a lot of these people have been making overtly or covertly political music and I guess air quotes here, political, you know, music um, outside of the Love Army. So for some of the artists in our collective, yeah, I do think they kind of were into this in their own private artistic life maybe to some degree more so than like me or Caitlin, like MC Taylor, his golden messenger, a Rihanna Giddens, especially, 
all those artists um, have songs that I knew about um, before they approached the project or before we approached them about North Carolina Music Love Army that were um, they were already sort of going down this road, you know, and we were we were way into that. Um, so in terms of those artists, absolutely. But, you know, who else is in the Love Army? Uh, Love Language, you know, Stu McLam, one of my best buddies, you know, he I called him up and, and was like, dude, I need you to come, you know, sing on a song. And uh, he was like, all right, well, I need to give me a minute and let me let me do some research and let me make sure that this is something I feel comfortable doing. And, you know, I want to lend my name to social justice for sure. But let's just um, he admitted to me that at the time and this is years ago now that, um, you know, like many of us, um, he, he hadn't really dug in super deep into engaging in like state level politics and all that. And, uh, he sort of checked some things out and got back to me and was like, dude, I feel like I need to be involved in this too. You know? So he, uh, he came in and, and joined us for some stuff on that, on that record. But you know, love language, same as John Lindsay records, you know, it's pop stuff. It's, uh, definitely all over the map and, you know, dynamic and, uh, you know, awesome love language just played our wedding by the way we loved Aww. we loved that um but you know one of my um oldest friends in the carolina music scene and, and just a, a great dude but you know you don't think like protest music when you think of, no. of stew or whatever and so you know somebody like him um skylar Goodoz, you know she's got a great new record everybody's rightfully way into super awesome uh She's also a really good friend of mine. You know, she wasn't doing, you know, super overtly political stuff, but, you know, she's a um, just so dynamic and talented that I heard, you know, uh, she's, I know that Joni Mitchell's in her pantheon, you know, as Joni is in my pantheon, of course, too. And I I heard, like, Nina Simone and Joni in Skylar's songs. And I was like, man... I know Skylar's got something to say about this stuff, you know, and we, we've got to get her, you know. And so I feel like folks like that have sort of come on this journey with me and Caitlin where we've sort of developed this other side of our artistic life, you know, that um, manifests itself, at least for a lot of us in this Love Army collective. Um, but that maybe also I know you know, has informed, um, some John Lindsay singles I've put out, you know, that, um, maybe haven't been on like pop records or whatever, but, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff going on in my artistic life now as a producer and a collaborator and, and a music maker that is definitely, um, you know, aware now of all the, the avenues and channels that I can tap into as far as, uh, you know, messaging and, which way to push, you know, a song down whatever corridor it needs to sort of go down. So, yeah, I think it's, it's across, if that makes sense, it's sort of across the board, you know, there's folks who just sort of, uh, tried their hand at, um, engaging politically through their music at the same time that, that we were figuring it out for ourselves, Caitlin and myself. Uh, and there were folks who just, you know, we, we were in awe of how far they had already come in that. And so our collective is, is ripe with um, a spectrum of of artists uh, in terms of their their history with pl original political tinged music or protest music. 
So we're very proud of our, our deep bench, if you will. It's a good roster. How about we play another NC Music Love Army track? Yeah, Maybe one that's sort of a collective of a lot of the different faces you were talking about. Yeah, why don't we do, um, let's see, why don't we do uh, Dear Mr. McCrory? Do you want to do that one? Sure. It's on the... Uh, and that's a more recent track? Yeah, that's uh, so that's one of the singles we've put out um, over the past few years. Um, this tune has uh, myself, it's got Caitlin, it's got the uh, American Aquarium rhythm section. Um Kevin on drums and uh, yeah, uh, so it's got just uh, just sort of a, a handful of um, of uh, sort of the the roots roots ro Raleigh roots rock of uh, elite. Not counting me, I'm a total pop weirdo, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good one. And um, we had, we did a video for it. If you want to check it out out there, just Google dear Mr. McCrory. Uh, the Indie Week premiered the video for this song last summer. Uh, and our friend Frank Eaton, got to tell you what, that guy is just a saint. He's a um, really good uh, video director, and um, he did a, a video for that song totally for free, which was awesome. So uh, we premiered that on, on Indie Week last year. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, dear Mr. McCrory. Well, we're having a little technical difficulties right now, so we'll we'll come back to that track. Okay, what what do you got that we can play? We can play. We can start off with the first record you put out. Yeah, let's go back to that one. Why don't we do? Um, you said maybe one that has like a ton of people on it. Yeah. Play uh, the song. Is this here what Jesus would do? That song's got about fifteen people taking a verse on it. So. And we talked about that one we earlier that as one. well. Yeah. All right. I think it's like the closer of the side A, the fifth track, maybe. So if you're just tuning in, I'm here with John Lindsay of NC Music Love Army. They'll be playing a show tomorrow at King's Barricade in downtown Raleigh to benefit Equality NC, the LGBT Center of Raleigh, and a bunch of other great organizations against HB2. So if you're not doing anything, be something to check out. And this is, is this here what Jesus would do by NC Music Love Army. So keep it locked. We'll have some more. Eighty-eight point one WKNC. This is DJ What's Her Face, and if you're just tuning in, I'm accompanied by John Lindsay of NC Music Love Army, in lieu of their benefit show, which is happening tomorrow night at King's Barcade. I got notified that I was <laughs> pronouncing that wrong. Oops. <laughs> well, I do know the the the. Um owners of the bar and I think that they would probably think it was cool if you're gonna mispronounce um King's Barcade that King's Barricade is pretty <laughs> rock and roll and sounds pretty rough and tumble and awesome so I mean could be worse could be it's they're similar words I wasn't too off anyways um that track you just heard or those last two tracks actually where 
NC Music Love Army songs. The one we just played was Dear Mr. McCrory. And before that is, is this here what Jesus would say? Would do. Would do. (laughs) Not say. Yeah. So those are kind of from, I guess you could call it two different eras of NC Music Love Army. One's a little more recent and the other track has or was from 2013. 2013. Yeah. So we did like there's just been this really cool string of songs that have happened since the debut record. Um, and Dear Mr. McCrory was one of them. Ballad of Lynn and Lacey, one of them. Uh, a song that we cannot play on the radio because I didn't do a radio edit. <laughs> it's got a swear word on it um but a little bit about that um to your point the uh at most super recent song that we did uh is called when you were a young man and it's sort of like a companion track to dear mr mccrory uh maybe that's not super obvious to folks upon first listen but um the chorus of the song that you just heard says when you were a young man would you did you want to be this person here before us today you might as well be down at the schoolhouse blocking the way and when i wrote that song directly to our governor um i drew a direct comparison uh between what i felt like were blatant sort of voter suppression moves that are in play right now in our state uh to to that and and governor george wallace of alabama um in the early 60s um, because I think it's, uh, this is again, my own personal opinion and not the opinion of WKNC, but, um, I think that, um, I think that the politics should be inclusive. You know, I don't believe in gerrymandering. I don't believe in, uh, drawing districts to favor one party or the other. I don't believe in restricting access to, to, to early voting. I don't believe in cutting programs from public schools that register high school seniors to vote. I don't believe in uh, giving a tax penalty to um, moms and dads who have a kid away at college who um, that kid votes, you know, absentee or in another district. So a lot of the things that are going on um, in our state right now in terms of uh, access to the ballot box I think are very, you know, designed in a calculated way to uh, to limit participation. Um, and I think if you look at the data and the statistics, and you just talk to people, and you know, just sort of, uh, you know, look into what's going on, um, that does affect minorities more disproportionately. You know, it does affect people who have to work two or three part time jobs, and you know, if it's going to come down to uh, I'm going to get in trouble at work for trying to get off to go vote because I have so fewer, you know, options in terms of early voting time has been slashed and polling places, have, um, you know, ballot uh, vote casting spots have been reduced and all this. You know, it's just designed to to weed people out of the process. And, and we know what the intention is, you know, and I just it makes me so upset because that's the most sac- one of the most sacred sort of pillars of our uh, republic, you know, is the right to vote, you know. And, you know, Martin Luther King talked a lot about, um, you know, ways in which, uh, you know, you can, you can say somebody, oh, yeah, everyone has the right to vote, right? 
um, or everyone is quote unquote free, right? But what does that really mean? You know, if, if you don't have access to participate in the workforce fairly, if you don't have the ability to feed your family or, or to get an education, participate in those services and that part of society, you know, then are you really free? And I think the answer is obviously no, you know, so sure. Everyone over 18 without certain criminal restrictions or whatever is supposed to be able to vote. But have we set up, you know, ridiculous hoops for people to jump through in order to participate in that process? Have we put impediments in the way of folks to make it as hard as possible in many cases to keep people from having a voice. Well, in North Carolina here, we absolutely have done that. Not you and I, but um, to be frank, you know, our, our legislature has uh, done away with lots of early voting time. They've taken many, many steps to, um, you know, under the leadership of Pat McCrory directly, you know, uh, they've taken steps to suppress the vote, you know, of the elderly, the indigent, African-Americans, college students, this is the popular, you know, segments of the population who tend to slant liberal. They tend to be folks who are working for social justice issues. You know, these are folks who, um, you know, are, are having their, their rights, uh, directly confronted right now. So that's what dear Mr. McCrory is, is about. And then this new song, uh, when you were a young man takes a, a line from the chorus of dear Mr. McCrory and it, I was sort of inspired by a remix project, um, to your point about like the different phases of the Love Army. After the 2013 debut record um, and a few singles, uh, like a single Stick to the Plan that we did with Bloodshot Records, and a couple other songs that are more of the the original sort of aesthetic, you know, that you would expect from the Love Army based on the sound of the debut record, which I, I think you could characterize as like that, that uh, Americana or Roots Rock sort of you know, sound that you would expect at a North Carolina pop rock record of uh, original protest music, more or less, to kind of sound like, which is, I think, important. You know, we were um, we were trying our hand at a, a genre thing with this protest music, and we didn't really know what we were doing, so we wanted to be respectful of the tradition of this, you know, of protest music that had come before us with Nina Simone and Woody Guthrie and all these folks whose shoulders we were trying to stand on with these modern issue based tunes we did kind of put parameters on it in terms of you know the b side of that record has um sort of a hip-hop infused tune with um uh get free that track and you know there are like a, a couple deviations aesthetically from the sort of core middle of that we are not for sale record but it is sort of mostly like a roots rock uh record in terms of the aesthetic of the musical sound the tracks you know but after uh, the um, the single that we did with Bloodshot and a couple other things, we sort of moved into this remix project phase where we were like, all right, we got to make this more diverse, as diverse as possible. Uh, how can we grow? How can we change? How can we get um, MCs and DJs and, you know, folks that are from all, you know, all corners of our great, you know, music scene that we have in, in the state involved in the project? So we sort of, um, our friend Alex Koch joined the Love Army. Uh, he's since moved on to write for um, a lot of really cool blogs and zines who cover social justice issues. But, excuse me, uh, Alex 
came in and approached um, Caitlin and myself with this idea to do a remix project. And we, we were like, yes, that's great. Like, let's do it. Um, and that was sort of phase two of the love army where we took some of our existing songs and we, um, we asked sort of apple juice kid, you know, some, some notable folks in the EDM scene, the dance music scene, um, some hip hop friends of ours. We were like, just, you know, take our existing tracks and go nuts, you know, take, here's our stems, like just go wild, have fun and make this music your own, do something else. Um, so out of that remix project, uh, you know, came remixes of existing love army songs and also came some submissions of some new songs that were just aesthetically totally different from where we began, which was, very exciting to us because that was the whole point of the project from day one was let's include everybody let's give everybody a chance to participate in this original protest music collective um so that was sort of like 2014 15 early 15 was sort of the heyday of the remix project and then um recently 2000 mid you know summer last year up till now um last summer was was uh, when I did the Ballad of Lennon Lacey with um, you know all the folks that we talked about earlier who were on that track. Um, that song for me, um, I'll say this: we we love uh, very much uh, the North Carolina NAACP. They're very good friends of ours. Uh, Yara Allen, Reverend William Barber, Doctor Reverend William Barber, super great people, really good friends of ours. We sort of began under, um, well, not directly, we were not at all directly affiliated with the North Carolina NAACP, but we had all kinds of respect for the Moral Monday movement, and we were participants in that, and we would be out on Halifax Mall at the NCGA. Um, you know, we would sing these songs at their rallies, you know, to inspire folks that we looked up to, like, like Dr. Barber. Um, and so that's sort of where we began. Well, the reason I'm telling you that is because the, the content sort of out of respect, just out of ridiculous respect, we sort of adhered, even though we didn't have a direct affiliation with, with Moral Monday, other than that we would be at it and be presenting our music as guests of theirs, you know, we have no legal or formal affiliation at all. But we, we were inspired by um, the way that they didn't use profanity. You know, they didn't appreciate um, signs in the crowd that were, uh, that were overtly, you know, angry in a way that was counterproductive. You know what I mean? Everybody there was angry. I mean, we were all angry, right? But we were sort of in awe at the way that, that the messaging was presented in a way that... Um, you know, didn't undermine or sort of like you know, make it easy for someone from the outside to come in and say, oh, well, let me just dismiss this because there's a swear word or there's something in the presentation that's off-putting. Um, so we were really uh, working in that vein with the debut record. Um, and we didn't use any swear words. We rejected a lot of songs that 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 sort of were coming from a place like that you know even though we felt those feelings we didn't want to get dismissed by people who might engage with the message in these songs or get turned off we wanted it to be a record you could play with your kids in the car you know if you have kids or whatever um so that was sort of like that record well in the remix project um 
this sort of expansion was more stylistic, you know, like we talked about. But then uh, with uh, the Ballad of Lynn and Lacey, um, on through this song that we just that we have out that we can't play on the radio because it has a an expletive on it. Um, we sort of moved into a place where we're like, all right, you know, we're still super good friends with uh, all those folks, and we go to the same rallies, and we're all on the same side, and we love them so much. But this is like a ever growing, ever changing thing, and I wanted to be able to have Pierce Freelong come over to my house on a hip hop jam that I'm working on, and and say, yeah, man, if you want to drop an f bomb on this song, I'm not gonna say no at all. I, th- I feel like that's where the project is at right now. And I don't think it's counterproductive. I think, I think there's a time and a place for things, you know? And, um, this song when you were a young man, um, is about HB two, you know, it's about straight up systemic discrimination, state sanctioned discrimination that as we all know, and this is not even a political statement that I'm going to make. You can just look at the facts It has cost our state, you know, countless millions of dollars in business you know have have left this state or not come here because of this legislation it's not just about discrimination against the transgender community it's also about restricting um you know cities and townships from being able to raise a minimum wage it's got a lot of other nastiness tucked into it that is of course calculated to to be sort of slid in under the radar there uh but in terms of the transgender discrimination piece of HB2, HB2, excuse me, um, it was time, you know, it was time to, to do a song that, uh, didn't pull any punches, you know, we've already done songs that say things about, you know, fracking and, uh, all these other social, social justice issues and, you know, woman's right to choose and control her own, you know, uh, healthcare decisions and all that kind of stuff. And we really have done all these songs that are about, uh, you know, platform issues across the gamut, but it's like state platform issues, you know, state politics. But in terms of um, of this HB2 song, uh, when you were a young man, you know, I've got uh, Pierce Freelon, I've got Jay Swiss, uh, Topic the Smooth Prophet, um, my friend Chessa Rich, uh, Reese McHenry from Dirty Little Heaters, fantastic vocalist. She's like a female Robert Plant or something. She just rocks so hard. If you're listening, Reese, I love you. Um, and then, of course, Caitlin, myself, Apple Juice Kid, uh, Wit Wright, again, from American Aquarium. Thank you, Wit, for always showing up and anytime I call you to be on a song. So I put this sort of squad together for, for this tune, and it just sort of um, working back and forth with Apple Juice Kid, um, he and I just sort of bounced uh, some stems back and forth and created some beats and uh, had this this like really hooky sub bass thing that I came up with and I threw a banjo in there to sort of like give you know uh, a shout out to where we, where we've been in the project you know before but then there's just all this amazing uh, I just can't even you know go online and and go to our SoundCloud uh, page or uh, Bandcamp. We haven't uh, formally released when when you were a young man yet on like Spotify and Apple Music and all that, but it's out there. We'll be they, playing it tomorrow. Uh, we won't play it tomorrow because we don't have the full cast of characters that we need to to pull that one off at gotcha. the show tomorrow. But that song uh, premiered at Indie Week like two or three weeks ago, 
uh, and our good friends in progress, NC and other people have been pushing it out there. Uh, we will be formally distributing that song. Uh, that's kind of what we, the, I will say with the love army, we had the idea originally that we we're like, all right, what if we took these original protest tunes and we pushed them through college radio and we pushed them through like, you know, team Claremont or, or these PR houses that are, you know, normally for just, you know, run of the mill, like rock and pop and indie records, you know, what if we push this stuff that's state politics oriented through national distribution channels in terms of PR and uh, marketing and all that stuff, college radio, all that. So these songs have seen the releases like on that level, which to me, I'm so proud that we have been able to put these tunes together that are, um, they're out there, you know, they're really way beyond North Carolina. We have support with similar movements in other States and we've, people have told us that, that we've inspired them to do sort of love army type collectives where they, hail from um but the fact that we've been able to have these songs like some of them have charted on college radio and that we've had these really some of them pretty obscure issue-based songs where we're singing about you know miss rosanelle eaton you know a 90 year old african-american woman who's from north carolina that most people have no idea who that is you know i mean she's name checked in one of our songs because uh she has brought a, a suit against um uh, the uh, state of North Carolina for sort of some uh, voter suppression issues. You know, we've put her in the song, you know, that's been on like college radio in Wisconsin or whatever, you know, and I, th- I just think that's super cool. So uh, with this last song, when you were a young man, yeah, we, we just were like, all right, let's um, let's go for it. Let's um, let's let people just really cut loose and do their thing. And um I just I couldn't be happier, but yeah, we are gonna distribute it through those national channels. But right now, it's we haven't set a release date yet to do that. We're make working on making a video for it, and then we're gonna release it through all those proper avenues. But right now, you could just go to um, our Love Army Bandcamp page or our SoundCloud and uh, or Love Army Facebook and check it out. But that song, um, yeah, it does it does sort of perfectly encapsulate like phase three or whatever to your point like where we are now which is that you know we've kind of taken the gloves off you know if you look around and you see how ridiculous things are right now um we don't want to alienate anyone and we still like the roots rock you know that's still part of what we do but you know when we have the brilliance of a pierce freelon and a jay swiss and, and folks who can come in and um, you know, do their thing. I'm not, I'm not going to put a, put a filter on that or ask them to, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of their call. You know, would you say that the stylistic change has definitely allowed you to reach out to maybe a broader range of listeners who may have not been interested in your first release or? A- absolutely. Sure. I feel like there are, um, there are people who, might have heard this most recent track uh, I know for a fact there are you know like uh, you know fans of Jay Swiss and fans of Topic and, and Pierce and Juice and all those folks who just by virtue of you know where whatever scene they're in whatever radio stations they're listening to you know they had probably you know very little awareness of where this project has been before um, and let me tell you what, like you should listen to Jay Swiss. You should listen to Topic, the Smooth Prophet. These are new faces for the Love Army, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be more proud that these people are in our, uh, 
in our our circle now. But yeah, I I don't think that um not you know not that they were turned off or whatever. I just think to your point, they weren't like aware. You know, some of these artists we're working with now just we we had yet to you know reach uh, certain avenues of um you know listener bases out there and and sort of different styles of music. You know, had yet to we'd yet to step to to like a really kind of in your face hip hop track, you know, which humbly I think this one is, um, man, I wish we could play it for you. I should have done to check it out. I still haven't yet. But yeah, I I do think that, um, it's put the love army on the, on the radar of people that, that, uh, that hadn't heard it, heard of us before and that we are super stoked to have in the project. Absolutely. And I mean, I I don't know what's next, but I, I imagine we'll continue to explore what's possible in, um, original protest music and you know we'll definitely continue doing uh what's worked you know i'm a firm believer in and sticking with you know some continuing to represent some stuff that we do well just based on what you know where we've been i want to keep hitting some notes that i'll never get sick like you know never get sick of playing uh you know my body politic or, or north carolina we're better than this so songs i'll they'll mean so much to me till the, till the day I die. So I want to always play those, but yeah, I don't know where we're going next. I mean, sky's the limit, but I think it's important to keep digging deep down into the well of this amazing music scene that we have here in North Carolina that, you know, again, humbly I would put up against any scene anywhere. It's pretty great. Very connected. Very connected. I think NC love army really shows that. Oh, (laughs) we try. I mean, I just can't, I got to brag on, on this area, you know, like when I go on the road and people, uh, it's facing a lot of heat right now, facing a lot of heat. That's, that's for true, man. But, uh, you know, it used to be, um, that I would be like super far away and playing shows in Oregon or LA or whatever. And people were like, Oh, North Carolina. Awesome. Like, you know, that's the new South. That's like a really, you know, inclusive forward place. That's like a total, that's not like the, the heart of, 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 even though it's sort of a deep Southern state, you know, we used to have a reputation for being forward and progressive and tolerant and inclusive and loving and all that kind of stuff. And the, the short couple of years, you know, um, that this super majority has been in place under, McCrory and Tillis and Berger and all of these individuals. Um, I have noticed a marked change in the response to people in conversation when I find myself out of town and folks want to talk about North Carolina. It's like night and day. It's like, oh, wow, you guys are really messed up. And I'm just like, hey, not not all of us, you know, like there's some people doing some things that are really, really and that, that hurts my feelings just as much as anything. You know, the perception nationally of our state right now in terms of just in general, you know, politics, but education, you know, all these things, we are, we are like below Mississippi, you know, in, in the national perception of where we are in terms of social justice. And, uh, I mean, even, um, LGBT rights, you know, there are, there's deep South states that are historically just abhorrible in terms of their record towards um you know minority communities that are right now um 
less despicable than we are. It's shocking. It's shocking, yeah. you know? And so that's that's something that just really hurts my feelings. I know it hurts Caitlin's feelings. I know the, the other artists in our collective who, who tour a lot for a living, you know, Rhiannon and um, those of us that travel away from here. It's just like, you know, we... Uh, I saw a Facebook thread not too long ago on Rhiannon's page where, um, you know, people, uh, it was when Bruce Springsteen canceled his concert here, right? There's, uh, some friends of ours, Grayson and, and Tina, uh, have Curran, um, who have, I mean, everybody knows Grayson and Tina, but they have some projects. One of them is called North Carolina needs you. Um, there's air horn orchestra, which I'm proudly a part of and a lot of, hijinks and shenanigans that we were involved with down in the street with Grayson and Tina. But, you know, with now or no, uh, uh, gosh, so many orgs with North Carolina needs you. Um, very similar to now or never NC. Um, with that organization, they're all about, Hey, don't, you're a national touring artist from California or New York or whatever. Don't cancel your show because of HB two. Um, they've been working with those artists to sort of say, come here, play here and speak out, you know, use your show as an opportunity to raise money for equality NC or whatever org that is doing good work, like the love army or whoever. Um, so I think that that's part of, you know, ties in with like my feelings being hurt by the way that the rest of the country sort of views our state right now. You How know, is so. it for you as a musician when you travel outside of state i've definitely it's been a long time since i've gone to a show and a musician from out of state hasn't come up on stage and said something about hb2 to try to you know get us you know like i'm i'm getting ready to take my my band um behind my new record cities and schools uh, my band's going out to do some u.s dates in july and october and then i'm touring europe in november for a whole month and um you know, I I did just talk a little bit about like how it's been the past few years. It's it has been weird. People have said stuff to me that has absolutely made me want to cry. You know about the fact that you know folks in far flung areas that who, who used to regard North Carolina as like a a beacon, like a the jewel. I have a, a line in one of my songs that I call North Carolina the jewel of the lovely South. You know, I feel like that is that's that jewel is seriously tarnished right now you know and you know there are people who say things to me about that in other places and that does hurt my feelings but i would hope that when i hit the road in july and october and um i'm real curious when i get over to europe in november to see what um some of the comments are gonna be when people come to my show and we talk about north carolina or whatever but um, back to the Rhiannon thing, you know, she had a thread going on on her Facebook page where uh, it was right after Bruce Springsteen had canceled his show in Greensboro. And there were just lots of reactions to that. You know, there were people who were like, oh, that is exactly not the way to fight for progressive values. And there's another set of folks who were like, yes, we get it. That's Bruce's way to make people listen to where he's coming from that's his button that he can push that is the loudest you know microphone that he has to speak into you know is to cancel his show and make an economic statement and to shut things down right i respect whatever choice 
activist man, you know, Jackson Brown, super political dude um, that uh, I've been lucky enough to meet and to know. You know, he's a he's a, a really engaged guy. There's there's people out there who who approach their politics and music differently, right? So so a Bruce Springsteen might cancel his show, and Annie DeFranco might cancel her show at you know River or whatever, but then, you know, Father John Misty might come here and all these other, you know, um, artists have continued to come here. And that was the thing about Grayson and Tina is that they've directly worked with a lot of those artists who were going to cancel their shows and they've said, no, come here and play. Um, and that's worked out to great success, by the way. Um, but the Rhiannon thread had all these people that were discussing like, all right, what's the, you know, on the progressive side of things where, where we are over here there was this sort of infighting, like what's the way to use your loud microphone that you have if you have a lot of followers, you know? Um, what's the way to to be most effective for, for positive change on these subjects like HB2 and things like that? Well, Rhiannon said something like uh, somebody, it was really like a troll on there, was like, you know, uh, why aren't you canceling your show at whatever place, you know, or whatever. And, um, I noticed that she had like jumped into the thread and was like, listen, you know, I fight from within, you know, I live here. I love North Carolina. I'm proud. Uh, you know, Rhiannon lives in Greensboro. Um, I, I'm super proud to call her a friend of mine, you know, I'm so humbled to have her on my songs and records and stuff, you know, and I know that if she's listening right now, what's up, Rhiannon? Um, I know that she would tell you that her stance, which is mine, which is Caitlin's, which is many of us in the love army, probably all of us, we believe in fighting from within, you know, we don't think at least for our part that it would be as productive to cancel shows, to give up and, tuck tail and go home and you know whatever i think you know we believe that to stand our ground right here where we are to use whatever platforms and managers and labels and resources and things that we all have to various degrees you know to use that stuff as much as we can to fight from within that is the move that we've made in the love army and that i know rhiannon's made um, and I just think that's awesome, you know, and I, I won't chastise people. I'm not, you know, gonna shut somebody down and say, oh, you canceled your show here. So like, I'm not into you anymore as a fan or, or, or whatever, you know, I'm, I respect everyone's decision. I appreciate activists. I appreciate people who are, you know, to our earlier, uh, conversation, you know, who are at least engaged enough to say, all right, well, I want to protest North Carolina. I don't care what, you know, bring on the haters. My move is I'm not going there. I personally don't, um, support that position fervently. I do think they should come here. And like we said earlier, you know, use that opportunity to speak out against whatever issue it is like in this case, HB2, but I'm not going to personally, write that artist off for doing that. You know, I understand everybody's like in the case of Bruce Springsteen, you know, he did what he felt was most effective and you know, who's to say maybe, maybe, uh, because he was the first, one of the first major artists to, to do that. And it was like a New York times article and a bunch of other major outlets covered it. Maybe he was right. Who knows? You know, it, it definitely had an impact on the discourse and it got a lot of people talking and, uh, maybe the, the certain there's so many dynamics in it you look at like who his fan base is now i mean 
I know late night Aaron and uh, Stu and me and like our friends will put Bruce Springsteen records on and jam out at, like two in the morning or whatever. I love Bruce Springsteen, but you know he's got a lot of like middle age, you know, super wealthy fans, you know, who maybe he feels like, all right, you know, the way to get them talking at the water cooler or the proverbial water cooler or whatever in their lives is to have them like, man, I'm really upset that Bruce isn't coming here. Okay. Why isn't he coming here? Okay. It's this thing. Well, all right, let me now get involved with this issue. You know, I don't know if that is the direct calculation that he made, but I I imagine it was something like that, you know? So in terms of some of us who, you know, maybe our best direct avenue to change is to show up and play shows and speak out and, and, directly interface with people um i feel like that's the way to do it for some of us and i'm not going to hate on choices other artists make um but that's really what the love army is about is 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 standing our ground and fighting from within like rhiannon said so how about we play another one of your tracks and then maybe do that giveaway we were talking about earlier sounds great a bit awesome so how about we play what every knee shall bow or let's do um let's save that one because I I was just um talking about Rhiannon. and why don't we do okay. uh, why don't we do a Rhiannon one of her song? Tracks. Let's do We Rise. Alright. And I'll say real quick about this song. Um this is just one of the coolest um tunes that I've ever had any kind of part in at all. Um uh, this song um it features Rhiannon Giddens, uh Purife, uh, Charlie Lowry, who's also on, I forgot to mention, she's on the, the ballad of Lennon Lacey. Um, and I mean, you'll hear, you can hear for yourself how awesome it is, but it's, it's an acapella arrangement that we ended up going with for this one. And, um, originally there, there was some additional instrumentation that, that folks were maybe wanting to, to do. And, um, I just sort of via email, I was like, Rhiannon, can we please, <laughs> Can this just feature your beautiful voices? Can this just be um, a, an acapella tune? Because I, I thought you'll hear there's a, ra- a vocal round at the end where the refrain is repeated in a really mathy and cool uh, way that's really, really awesome. Um, and it just, it was great the other way. It was cool too. But the version that we're about to hear that made the record um, is just like something else. It's, it's uh, one of those things that... Um, uh, you don't really hear a song this powerful too often. So awesome. props to Rhiannon. Well, let's give it a spin. And if you're tuning in, we're I'm here with John Lindsay of NC Music Love Army in lieu of their benefit show, which will be happening tomorrow night at King's in downtown Raleigh. It's going to be an anti-HB2 event, and it'll feature many local artists, including Wool, Pie Face Girls, Birds of Avalon, and Essie Ward will be playing some of their music later on in the show. And right now is one of NC Music Love Army's tracks. So keep it locked. We'll be talking.